Welcome to the Horizon Church Podcast. God is doing incredible things in Tampa. Learn more about us at horizontampabay.com. We hope you find today's message inspiring and encouraging. Let's dive in. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon, and it is so good to see each and every one of you here this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. We are excited. This is like my favorite time of year headed into the season where we journey towards Christmas. I'm so thankful for all the things that we have going on here at Horizon. And um, our message title, sort of the 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 line that we're going to be wrestling with from now until Christmas is the weary world rejoices and I'm sure that many of you know what it's like to come here this morning experiencing some weariness maybe you sat at similar Thanksgiving tables um, that I did you you know just it was a busy day a lot of things going on um, this time of year maybe um, it's just been the kind of year where you've had a lot of broken hearts a lot of grief a lot of pain Maybe you're here this morning a little bit weary, but I bet all of us also know someone who's had the kind of year that leaves them weary, and so I hope you didn't just see those invites to beer and carols and to to light the night and to Christmas Eve services and just think about yourself coming here. We want you to be here and we want you to, to experience the light and hope of the season, but there are a lot of people in our world who experience weariness, and I hope you're thinking of someone you can invite this season to experience the hope and light of Christ here in this place. That on Christmas Eve, when we gather here after five different events through Christmas, that we will indeed celebrate that a weary world rejoices because the story of Christmas isn't over. Jesus keeps coming into our world and into our world and into our weary worlds that we all may rejoice. So right now, I'm going to pray for us that we'll be thinking about people um, that we can invite and that we will create space here that people can bring their weariness here and find the joy and delight that only Jesus can offer to us. So, like I said, our message series is A Weary World Rejoices. That's from a line in a song. Does anyone know this? Some Christmas trivia here. Oh, Holy Night. Anybody familiar with this song? Heard it in Target like three times yesterday. Um, And I was there for like five minutes. Um, um, But it's a line from Oh, Holy Night. And it's one of those lines in a song that that resonates with me for a long time after I hear it. It, the, The full line is a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. And it's because, like I said earlier, so many of us are weary, bring so much weariness, right? Our worlds are weary. The world is weary. There's weariness everywhere. And we're all longing for that thrill of hope, that moment where we can rejoice and experience delight, right? There's something about that line that really resonates with me. And so we have we've decided to sort of use that as our theme for this, um, this year. I, I maybe should have done some research about the song before we titled this series like a month ago, but I didn't. I did that research on Monday <laughs> this week. Um, and I, I knew the story, Oh Holy Night, was written about, right? It's written about the Christmas story, about an unexpecting, unsuspecting young teenage girl who's not married, who finds out she's pregnant, um, 
God says that you're going to bring Jesus, the Savior of the world, into the world. I knew about shepherds who were poor and lonely, who didn't even have a home to lay their head down at night, who slept out in fields, who were the first people to hear this good news, what weary world they lived in. And they had a thrill of hope, a moment to rejoice. As angels said, a Savior has been born in this tiny little town for you and for the whole world, that you may be, be rescued from the from the oppression and the desperation and the sadness that you feel every day. I knew this story about Joseph, a poor carpenter who was engaged to Mary, who found, finds out she's pregnant and the baby's not his. Like, it, I mean, that's not got to be fun, right? And so he, but he sticks with it and stays with her and figures out what way he can be a part of bringing hope, the hope of Jesus Christ into the world. And so I knew that was the the reason this hymn was written, but I wondered what about the person who wrote A Holy Night? What about his world may be weary? Why does that story resonate with us year after year after year? Why do we light candles year after year after year? What was happening in the person who wrote A Holy Night's life? What was happening in his life that he wrote this story? And I, I found out he's kind of just a normal, it was a guy, he's just a normal guy. I can't actually pronounce his name because I'm not a French scholar, but I think it's it's Placide Capot. Is that, we have French scholars in here who are like, you just messed that up <laughs> big time. But in 1847, he, um, this guy, that's, who I'm, that's what I'm going to call him the rest of the time. This guy um, wrote, the, wrote All Holy Night. But the, way, the reason that he wrote, the, he wrote a poem that was then put to music. But the reason that he wrote this song is because his priest in his town asked him to write it. So he actually wasn't a poet. He wasn't well known, like a well-known literature person. He actually was known in his town for selling and drinking a lot of wine. He was the wine merchant for the town, and he was known for getting like the best wine, bringing it to town, and selling it to people. And some nights he would enjoy wine with his friends and share some poems and stuff that he had written. He occasionally went to the local church in town, and the priest was running a little low on material. He was weary, right? Worn out. He'd been caring for these people. France was actually on the brink of war at this point in time and so he's like just worn out caring for his people and, and leading this church and he was running a little low on material to use for the Christmas mass so he asked Capote, this guy, this guy, if he would write a poem that he could share as part of the message on Christmas. And, and he said, sure, I'd love to do that. I'll be glad to do that. So he's on a plane, on a plane that he was actually not on a plane. Sorry about that. It was a train. He was on a train. Um, headed to Paris to get wine to bring back to the village to, to share with his, um, with his people to sell because he was a wine merchant. So he's like on the train, headed there, and he reads this, these verses. Luke chapter 2, verses 7 through 11. I'm going to read them for us from the screen. If you have your Bibles, you're welcome to follow along. And, and it says, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. So he's reading this, this story as he's um, on, the, on the train. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. Because there was no guest room available for them. There was no room for him. There were shepherds living out in their fields nearby, not in homes, but in a field, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were scared to death. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. 
For I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, in this teeny tiny town, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. And he reads this story and he's like, overcome, absolutely overcome by this, that God would send Jesus, his son, to the world. And he penned this line. Has anybody heard this line in O Holy Night? The soul felt its worth. A guy who spent his life selling wine and was okay with that, who, who really his deep passion was to write poems and to read it with his friends, he, he began to recognize, like, I could be worthy of doing something in this weary world. Like, I like selling wine. I like drinking wine. It's fine. But I want to do something more meaningful. Like, I really get joy out of writing poems. And so he, he was like, the soul felt its worth. Like, this might be what Jesus has asked me to do. This may be the way Jesus comes in to this weary world. And so he sits down and he pins this poem. He actually called it Midnight Christians to start with because he believed that was the essence of this story that God was writing over and over and over again in the world. That Christ comes in the deepest and darkest of midnights with hope and light for all of us. And he believed that as Christians, as people who follow this Christ who came in the deepest and darkest of nights, that we are people who should come alive in the deepest and darkest midnights to be people who follow Christ, who shine light and ignite change. And so he wrote this poem, O Holy Night. And he went to, so he's written it, he gets off the train in Paris, he goes, buys some wine that he's going to bring back, he gets on the train, he heads back to this little town in France, and he's reading it and rereading it and rereading it and he's like I should put this poem to music like this needs to be a song so he gets out his Rolodex and he's like I don't know anyone who is musically gifted he except this one person his name is Adam Adolfi he is Jewish <laughs> he doesn't even believe in Jesus but I'm going to see if he'll turn this song this poem into a song and on Christmas in 1842 the first the, an organ in a small, tiny town in France belted out the music of a holy night as the, the music director sang it proudly and beautifully that night. Oh, holy night, the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. I want you all to hear me. If you don't hear anything else I say today, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. God used a guy who was more well-known for drinking and selling wine than he was for his church attendance to, to write a song that resonates with so many of us hundreds of years later. God used a Jewish man who didn't even know what he believed about Jesus to, to compose music to accompany this. God used a young unwed teenage girl to bring hope and light into the world through Jesus. God used a poor carpenter to set the way and set the, set the tone for Jesus to come in to the world. God shared that message first with people who were working day and night really hard to make ends meet. Anybody here weary from staying up all night worrying about how you're going to make ends meet? Are you weary this morning? That's who Jesus came for, that this weary world that we live in may rejoice. If you don't think God can use you, that is the essence of this Christmas story that I believe God is writing again this year through the people sitting in this room. 
God is ready to use those of you who are more well-known for your wine drinking than your church attendance. Praise God. God is ready to use those of you who don't know what's next. God is ready to use those of you weary from worrying all night about how you're going to make ends meet. God is ready for our weary world to rejoice because you are worthy and you are important and God wants to use you in the deepest and darkest of midnights that this weary world may rejoice because we have hope and light through Jesus Christ. Guys, it's time. It's time for us to step up that a weary world may rejoice. This morning, I want us to look at the character of Mary and see what it is that she may offer to us as we try to be hope, this hope that Jesus Christ has given to us and asked us to be in the world. What is it that Mary teaches us this morning about being hope in this world? If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to Luke chapter 1, we're going to start at verse 26. Um, and I'm going to read off the screen again. So you're free to read, feel free to read the screen with me too. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee to a virgin, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Mary was greatly troubled at the words of this angel, and she wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The, the angel said to her, um, Greetings, you are highly favored. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great. And he'll be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever and ever, and his kingdom will never, ever end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I'm a virgin... And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. And Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. What is it that Mary offers to us this morning that we may be hope? Even in our weariness, even in our tiredness, even in our questions, what is it that Mary offers to us as we journey through this Christmas season that we may offer hope to a world longing for a thrill of hope, longing for rejoicing. And this is how hope comes alive through Mary. The first thing that we can learn from Mary is to believe what God says when God says you are worthy. Let me say it again. You are worthy. God told Mary, this young teenage girl, you are worthy to bring hope and light and peace through Jesus Christ into the world. You are worthy. And God says that about each of you this morning too. You are worthy. You are worthy and gifted. I don't care what the world tells you. There's so many times where my worth gets caught up in how many people are here on Sunday morning, how much money we're getting in, what's happening here, how many events we're having, what all. 
your worth is not about that. It is, you are worthy child of God. God looks at you and says, you are worthy to bring my hope and light and peace into this world. You are worthy. That's what we can learn from Mary. She heard from God, I am worthy. I'm capable to do this. You are worthy. And that's how hope will come alive this morning. But here's, here's the deal, folks. If God believes you are worthy, guess what? God believes those people sitting beside you are worthy. God believes those people that irritate you at work are worthy. God believes those people in your family that, that irritate you sometimes. God believes they are worthy to be people who bring hope and light into the world. So if we start believing that we are worthy, it means that we also have to believe that God believes the people around us are worthy to be beacons of hope and light through Jesus Christ into this world. What would it change about your season Moving into Christmas, what would it change about your year coming up, 2020? What would it change about that year for you to embrace that you are worthy, but the people around you are also worthy to be beacons of hope and light through Jesus Christ in this world? The second thing, second way that the second thing that Mary teaches us how hope comes alive is the angel. The first thing he tells her after he says, "You are highly favored, you are worthy," he says, "Do not be afraid, Mary," because guess what? When God brings hope into the world, it often means there's new things, right? I, I did some research this week about weary people. What, what, like We actually go to the doctor because we're weary and tired. And you know what the first thing a doctor does before he or, he or she prescribes you some kind of medicine or vitamin? Do you know what one of the first recommendations a doctor gives you? Try something new. Because when we're weary and tired, it's often because we've been doing the same thing over and over and over and over. And it's not working. It's not working for us anymore. It's just wearing us out. But weary people are scared to take the new step because we think we're too tired. We think we're too, we don't have enough energy. We don't have enough for what's next. And, and God says to Mary, right, don't be afraid of doing things new and different. Everything's going to be different. Don't be afraid of the new thing God is inviting you into. What's the new thing you need to pick up this season? Do you need to pick up a new exercise routine, a new way of eating, a new friend, a new hobby? What is the new thing God may, a new job, a new dream? What is the new thing God may be asking you to embrace in this season? Don't be afraid of the new thing that God is doing. Mary was scared. It's okay to be terrified to start with, but hear God say, don't be afraid of the new thing that I want to do in you and through you. Finally, the third thing is ask good questions. I always thought Mary was like, God, you want me to bring Jesus into the world? I'm in. Sign me up. That's not what she said. <laughs> she looked at the angel and she said, how can this be? I'm a virgin. That might not be the question you're asking God, but what is the questions that you need to bring to God? What are the good questions? God, I feel like this is the next new thing you're asking me to do, but this doesn't make sense. The finances aren't adding up. The hours in my day aren't adding up. Things just aren't, they don't seem right. I would have to let go of these old things that I really like to hold on to real tight. What is it, right? That, what question is it that you need to ask? I feel like for too long the church has asked us to check our brain at the door and just bring everything else in here. I just want to say this morning that I believe the Christ who came into the world through Mary said it's okay to ask some good questions, to wrestle 
once in a while with what it is God is asking us to do next because this is what I found in my own prayer life. God, like, God, how are you going to make this work? How is this actually going to work out, God? And this is what, this is what Mary does. He, they make room for good questions. So be okay with asking good questions. Thank you for listening to the Horizon Church Podcast. If you are in the Tampa area, consider joining us one Sunday. You can also be a part of Shining Light and Igniting Change by financially supporting the ministries of Horizon Church at horizontampabay.com giving. Thank you again for joining us.